Hello, book lovers everywhere. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. Welcome to the special edition one-year anniversary episode of CamCat Unwrapped. CamCat Books has been bringing you unputdownable stories for over four years now, and we've been sharing CamCat audiobooks as serialized episodes and exclusive interviews with our authors for the past year through our podcast, CamCat Unwrapped. We are so glad that you've loved our books as much as we do, and that you continue to support us and our authors by purchasing the audiobooks, ebooks, and print editions of your favorite CamCat books. Our team and our authors have put so much work into making these books to live in, and it's been such a blast sharing them with all of you through this podcast. So to celebrate one year of CamCat Unwrapped, we have something really special in store for you. We've brought back four of our CamCat authors to participate in a writing challenge. For this challenge, the authors will be given a prompt and one hour to work together to create a short story or scene. The catch is that these authors come with completely different genre backgrounds, and they've never worked together on a story before. But most importantly, they have no idea what the prompt is going to be. At the end of the hour, I'll come back and read their work aloud. Without further ado, let's meet our authors. I'm Michael Bradley. Um, I'm a mystery suspense author, was born and raised in southern New Jersey, but now live in Delaware. Um, I started life as a radio DJ, spending eight years on the air before realizing I actually needed to get a real job. Uh, but my broadcasting experience did come in handy for my uh, award-winning third book, Dead Air. It featured uh, Philadelphia radio DJ, Caitlin Ash, who'd been running from a childhood secret most of her life. Uh, when she starts receiving anonymous letters alluding to the fact that someone not only knows who she really is, but also knows her secrets, or her life uh, begins to spiral into chaos. My latest book, which came out last year, was called, it's called None Without Sin, and it was praised by Publishers Weekly as being a well-paced series launch. The book focuses on a killer that adopts a Victorian-era religious ritual as a calling card, and it's up to a small-town newspaper journalist and a faithless Episcopal priest to identify the killer before their own sins are revealed and they become the next victim. And I can't wait for this challenge. This is going to be good. I am Joe, uh, right under J.A. Crawford, because initials are cool. And I write the Ken Allen series. Ken Allen is a D-list detective. He is a celebrity. He's more infamous uh, than he is famous. And uh, it's a series of books. There's going to be three of them come November uh, in which Ken gets involved in entertainment industry murders. Um, The first one is a run-up of super spy stories. The second, Heroes Ever Die, is about superheroes. And the upcoming book, King Me, uh, is about a long-running fantasy television show entering its last season when its creator, R.R. Renard, is murdered. And the notebook, which contains all his secrets, twists, and endings, is stolen. And my detective, Ken, gets involved in recovering the notebook in dealing with the incestuous cast who all hates each other and has reasons to kill Renard. And that's me. All right. Hi, my name is Michael Bradley, but um, there was already one on the podcast. And so CamCat forced me to call myself James Lindholm. So I'm going to work with that for the rest of the 
the experience today. Um, I've had the good fortune. I'm a currently a practicing marine biologist coming to you from Central California, and I've had the good fortune to travel around the world doing research with a team of interesting colleagues and fun grad students. And as I've traveled, it occurred to me that it might be fun to set a thriller, which is kind of my favorite genre to read, um, around some of these adventures. So I have a team led by a, a scientist um, named Chris Black, who go off to do their research innocently as scientists do, and through various pitfalls, find themselves uh, in close contact with bad actors and have to fight their way out of many of those things. The first book, Into a Canyon Deep, is set in Central California, in Carmel Bay. The second book, Blood Cold, is set in South Africa, Cape Town. The third book, what is my third book? Dead Men's Silence. <laughs> and it's set in the Galapagos, where we encounter across those books, illegal um, dumpers, Colombian pirates, remnants of apartheid, and book four, which is now in production, Calypso Down is coming in 2024. And I hope you have a chance to enjoy them at some point. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jason Offit. Uh, I grew up in Missouri on, on a farm. I was a print journalist for 17 years, and I've uh, taught uh, journalism at a university in Missouri for uh, 18 years now. Uh, I've written 16 books. Uh, most of them were nonfiction, but I've uh, written five novels that have been published. Two by CamCat. One that was in arm's reach of me right now is So You Had to Build a Time Machine. Uh, it's uh, one of the nerdiest books you'll, you'll find if you uh, enjoy pop culture references uh, in your time, time travel stories that involve Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Star Trek, Star Wars anything uh you'll have fun with it it's a it's a humor book that takes a group of mis mismatched people uh, who don't really even like each other and and throws them through time and space uh in different dimensions in order to set the universe right uh my uh, second book from cam cat is a horror novel uh that's hopefully not funny uh the girl in the corn which uh won an award uh last year and it's um uh, up for up for more this year. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's a book about a, a small boy who sees a fairy in uh, in the garden on a, on a cornstalk, and uh, it ends up haunting him his uh, his entire life. The sequel to that book, uh, The Boy from Two Worlds, will be out in two thousand twenty four. Yes, and I'm so excited for all, all. I mean, three of you at least have books that are coming out with Cam Cat again soon. And Michael, I hope to see more of your work coming in as well. And I am so excited to have you all here. I know our whole team is excited to have you guys back on the podcast. You were some of the first authors that we interviewed on the podcast and also some of the first books that we released on the podcast. And Michael, you were the first author that Cam Cat ever published. So you're always having a special place in our hearts here. We're so excited to have all of you. I am going to hop off in just a second and take off my headphones. I'm going to have a burrito hand delivered to me so that I can enjoy watching you guys and not hearing you guys or seeing what you're working on. I have no idea what you're going to be writing about or what you're going to be saying. The prompt is you wake up in a cold, white, empty room. You have one hour. I'm setting the timer now. 
and I will see you guys later. Okay, wow. waking up in a cold, empty white. Not much to work with. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, is this going to be is this going to be a hospital room? Is this going to be the room of a mental institution? Is this going to be a prison? Is this going to be a Soviet uh, style? Or, an apart or it could just be a new apartment for somebody that doesn't can't afford to buy furniture. Now we got that. So I have an idea that occurred to me on the plane um, last night. I wanted to see if you guys what you guys thought about it. I don't know if anybody's read Plato's Symposium, but the whole point of Plato's Symposium is he brings three people around the table, Socrates, Aristophanes, and I forget who the third one was, and they each hold forth on the subject of love. So one idea occurred to me is that we would each put one of our characters from a book around the table in this cold, white, empty room and have them theorize on something that's unique to I, their particular I, I, genre. I kind of like that. I don't know. Uh, the something only problem is we don't have a table. That we would... <laughs> one of them is going to have to bring a table. Right. Well, we have to sit. Chris I, I, my my character, Brian, he could bring like a TV tray, fold up TV tray with him when he comes in, you know. Well, I, I guess actually they wouldn't be coming right. in because they're everybody. I guess all three of them would be waking up in the room. Right. So we could just um, so then the question is, what could the organizing principle be beyond that? Um, just an idea, but it thought it could be something we could work could, with. Could um, could we could we make it a puzzle? You know, almost like almost like an escape room sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, oh I've seen Cube. Oh, I've seen Cube. Guys, I don't know who that is. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> <Not either. laughs> awesome. Awesome sci-fi movie that cost about twenty dollars. Ah. <laughs> if we wanted to, we could each write a POV and then try to unite. Like, are we four different characters in four different rooms? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then we get out. I, I like the hospital idea. Hmm. So maybe we write a quick POV about getting out of the room. Each of us do something with that. And then we kind of, we can go from there. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I, I like that. The sensory if we do multi POV, we can just kind of go off and then bring it together. Okay, well, I think we need to settle on where we're at, um, and and where we're going to meet at the end. So if we're in a hospital, yeah, yeah. Well, I like the sensory deprivation tank. I like the uh, the idea of us trying to figure out where the hell we are, what's going on, where we are, and then getting out of the tank. And then wondering, you know, maybe maybe a uh, Twilight Zone-esque sort of twist at the end. So what, like, if you're in sensory deprivation, what were you, was trying to be treated? What was trying to be cured? It doesn't necessarily have to be a cure. It could be an evildoer. Right. What was this treatment? Or, or they could have all just gone out for a, a night of partying, got really, really drunk, and instead of getting a tattoo matching tattoos decided to check into a sensory deprivation place you know that's that's what I've, you know, I'm always trying to get the guys to do whenever we go out on the town you want to go watch football or rent a sensory deprivation tank yeah I know right yeah. who cares about we that float tattoos? guys we all float things. that's what the cool people call it oh that can be the last line we that's it gotten. yeah it's, 
I should have just gotten the tattoos. <laughs> That's a good line. That is a good last line. Beautiful last line. All right, I like a hospital or an asylum. No, I think asylum would probably. I think asylum would probably be better because it would. Should we make let, no it, most hospitals will have furniture in their rooms? But I could see an asylum having a room where there's. Oh well, we wouldn't have sensory de- deprivation tanks because it's a with cold, padded empty, walls. empty white room. All right. I'm going to write a little bit and see where this goes. So you want to spend... We have an hour. We have, we have want to spend 10 minutes going off on our own and then reconvene yeah. and see what yeah. we've got. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was doing it on a different document. <laughs> I got to do it on this one. Yeah. What is wrong with me? A few moments later. You and my wife were talking about recently how no matter what you try, your stories end up being autobiographical. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. I've written three books, and everyone's about people that have problems with their parents. <laughs> oh my! I've written, really? I've written. I've written. My mom doesn't watch this. I love you, mom. It's not you. Yeah, I've written six <laughs> novels, and all my main characters drink a lot of beer. I've written. I've written two two novels that included radio DJs that had a much better career than I did. My main character is taller than me and has more hair, which is. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. See, 670. I've already written 181 words, 678. Yeah, but I think right now we have like what? Four different stories. We're done for the day. None of which match up. I'm not looking at anybody else's stuff. No, I think this this is going to work well because we have four different stories from four different perspectives. When we get out of the real quick, I I know that James, you're writing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're writing about Chris. Joe, are you writing? Who, Who, what character are you writing? Unnamed. Okay. Jason, do you have a character uh, name? Unnamed. Yeah. I decided that you got that there'd okay. be a bunch of guys, so I wanted to throw a woman in there. This is like the only first draft anyone has ever <laughs> seen of anything I have ever done. <laughs> this reminds me of one of my favorite Money Python skits. It's James Hardy sitting at a desk in a soccer field, and it's a stadium full of people, and they're cheering him as he's writing <laughs> uh, the Return of the Native. <laughs> and we've got, you know, we've got uh, a couple of the Pythons being announcers. Oh, he's ready to write the first word. The first word, the first word starts with a T, starts with a T. He's going to f- follow up with an H. <laughs> this is like one flew over the cuckoo's nest meets the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I got no problem with it. Is anybody else's, did anyone else get a style guide from CamCat? That is low key, like just a roast. My style guide is like a roast of <laughs> my <laughs> grammatical skills. <laughs> it is non grammatical is like the fourth word. Can't say I never saw I ever saw that one, but <clears throat> I always like it when the when my editor gives me the the comment. There's a little bit of overwriting, but I can fix that. <laughs> Well, I've got uh, I've got some muscle memory problem because anytime I type the word "its," whether it's got an apostrophe or not, I always put an apostrophe in. Always, mm-hmm. I got to go back and take them take it out. It makes your find and replace easy. Maybe. So, is anybody going to try to literally extract themselves from the room, or are you trying other options? Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. You're I out. Just I found the door. Yeah, maybe what I'm just going to do is just keep knocking on the door until one of your characters opens it. That's not Except bad. if we all do that, then we're never going to get out. Uh, I am out. 
And I feel really good about my contribution because it says I've written 302 words out of 1140, which wow. is roughly 25%. I've covered more territory. <laughs> Getting <laughs> entered like three doctor. times between each paragraph doesn't count, James. Yeah. <laughs> Never been a short story guy. I, I have a lot of trouble writing short stories as well. I think I've written three in my entire life. Oh, I love writing short stories. I just have a hard time getting them published. I've gotten many more books published than I have short pieces. You know, with books, I'm a grinder. Like, I'll, I can grind out a book. But short stories for me are about inspiration. It, I'm just, I can't count on that. All right. I am ready to join. Right, give, me a, give me a minute or two. I'm, I'm working on my door here. Yeah, of course. White broom. Cruelty. Probably Helga. Somebody thought of that. She wanted to abuse us oh, the way we abuse her when we submit our manuscripts to her. I've been profiling Helga for like three years. This feels feels like a Helga idea. I feel like Sue would have put us at a uh, convention a booth or a panel or something like that. It's more of a Sue move. You got a soft touch, Sue. We love you. There was a guy that was going to write a book on YouTube, like maybe like eight or 10. But that would have been boring. It's like, I'm going to live stream me <laughs> writing a book. Yeah, that would have been totally boring. I, I wouldn't have watched that. I like drafting because when I'm drafting from blank, I just get so many chores done. You know, while you're writing, clean the bathtub <laughs> and sweep. <laughs> Just anything I can make a, a reason I need to get away from that desk, you know? I turn into like a really great beta reader. I promised this person I'd look at their pages. I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Do you guys calculate your hourly rates? I write 500 words an not hour like, no matter what I do. I, no I used to I do, try, I used to set myself no up for, what I um, like every writing session I used to, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, my target is to get 500 words in. And, and but lately, like the the one I'm working on now, okay, I actually, believe it or not, did an entire outline, um, and I'm actually finding that it's doubled my word count per session. Just knowing what's actually going to happen in the book. Okay, I finally got to the door. I'm, I'm about Somebody's to get out of the letter out, but I got now. to the door. Mine doesn't. The room. But my my door didn't have a knob. I got gotcha. you. The <laughs> room didn't exist. We crashed. Uh, we crashed a second grader's bouncy house party and w woke up in various states of disrepair in a hospital room. <laughs> I, okay, so let's, let's find Jason. Um, Do you need me to get you out of Jason? Who's, who's getting, I can get Jason out. It's not a problem. Oh, third person. Oh, we should have talked about that. Third person. <laughs> can you tell I write? stupid detective novels because they're always in first person <laughs> so lazy so lazy no i'm not viewer at home first person is uh, first person is really hard to write he's not lazy and uh, involves a really masterful grasp of grammar you know because you're not just being conversational and you get away with breaking a bunch of rules because it's how the person thinks so it's uh it's real complex, guys. <laughs> it's the style of a guy who took two literature courses in community college. Hey, Michael, you were making fun of my old yeah. um, old headphones earlier from the eighties. Oh, sweet. Well, I have this we could listen to. 
I recorded this in 1984. Yeah. So you, it's, uh, the so you don't Kennedy's have a little piece of tape over the little square at the top? No, I, I, did, I hadn't even broken out the little tabs, no. Maybe what we should do is we should do a handoff. Like I can write getting Jason out and get us together, and then somebody can jump in. And Does that make sense? Like take turns to the end here. We are way over. So it's obvious, one, we need an editor. It's a requirement of this job. And two, that uh, we got to. We got to wrap this thing up. Yeah. So I went a different route. You guys are all three more literalists. I, um, we literally crashed a second grader's birthday party and the room never existed. And as the character awakes, he sees three people he'd met the night before struggling in the in same way to himself to undergrad their situation from hospital beds around him. So it's a Ted. Well, that's what editing's for. That means that you should probably be the last person to wake up because we're all three there for your character. Right. right? So we'll get to you last. I'll get Jason's POV character out of the room. And then I will write this into third person, I guess. Boy, did I mess up. No, we messed up because we didn't establish that ahead of time. Well, you know, this is done so often. <laughs> it wasn't in the prompt. Hello, authors. 30 minutes down, 30 to go. I can't wait to read what you have to say. We're not. Has anybody like described the hallway outside the room yet? Uh, let's see here. I'm still in the I room. Kept it, I kept it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm outside. I kept it really light. I said the hallway was crisp. Medical professionals okay, so I move just, around I just, a lot. Make I just fell through time. the door into the hallway, so I'm out of the room. Um, well, I had a window in my room, and she, when she finally got up and got to the window, uh, there'd been yeah. there was a courtyard and a uh, couple of fires, and there was a body of a policeman laying on the ground. That's just where I went. Huh. Someone's a horror writer. Maybe a little. <laughs> all right all right i'm out of the room i'm laying on the floor outside the room but i'm on i'm out of the room well maybe okay because we have four completely different scenarios that we've written yeah maybe this hospital is in like uh in between dimensional type hospital and when we <laughs> leave we walk back out the door into our own realities well Someone's a sci-fi writer. A little bit, yeah. So what is, is all of our realities in the same location? Are we all in the same reality when we step outside of our rooms? But then how do we meet? We don't have to be. Because we're in the same hospital. It's in between all these realities. It's where we really get, it's where we, oh, people okay. get stuck when they really screw up. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Just throwing it out there. I'm I'm thinking here. He's trying to get us together. One of us could wake up in bed with Bob Newhart and realize that it had all been. <laughs> I remember right. watching that yep. and I <laughs> laughed so freaking hard. But I guess it means that Larry and his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl were not real after That's all. Right. 
Yeah, well, I'm, you know, more worried about uh, his wife not being real. Yeah. The one with the sweaters. <laughs> the sweaters. Because that's one of the things he said. He asked, he asked Suzanne <laughs> Plachette if she'd wear more sweaters. Really? All right, so where do we go from here? I'm going to let Jason's character out of the room. Brian, Jason. Oh, it looks like, looks like I'm just glancing at what, uh, oh, James, go. what you wrote, and you've got, you've got, uh, you got our final punchline in there already. Right. <laughs> so I just need to get, um, I just need to figure out how to get my character in with everybody else. Oh my gosh. Dr. Black. I am having a three stooges flack flashback <laughs> to the uh, episode when they're doctors, the men in black. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got to wrap this up somehow. I think she said yeah, we have a half an, we had last time she checked Hello? we had a half an hour left. I know, but I wasn't smart enough to look at what time it was. <laughs> <So> did I? <laughs> all right, so I think we need to figure out what, how we're gonna how we're gonna end it. You know, are we uh, are we all like a, the bouncy house thing? Um, are we in the different dimensions, and then we can write write to that? Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, I think the bouncy house thing's funny. It le- it allows us each to have our own experience with the room, but we're at least we're it's there's some organizing principle. Oh, wait yeah. a second. Wait a second. When they're all out, are no, they no, they're adults. Are they all going to be kids who are at this party? Yeah, they're adults who crashed a second graders party. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we hurt ourselves, obviously, having not participated. Now that means in I'm going to have to go back and, and rewrite some of my stuff because I, I, um, right. I put in here. Uh, I, I had um, had us hitting the booze a little bit. I don't know if you'd you'd have that at a two year old's. Although there could have been an adult side to the party, yeah, and it, it I don't know. My my character was drink. Hey, she got she got drunk on okay. champagne. I think that all works. You know, we don't even know whose birthday party it was. Maybe it was in the yard next door. You know, we don't know. Or no, being being a parent of young people, yeah, um, yeah the parents usually uh, depends on the parent, but a lot of times Uh-oh. they have refreshments for the adults. Yeah, I mean, I I did myself real damage in my daughter's bouncy houses during her birthday parties, which was the, uh, and I've also waken up in a recovery room and not understood where the heck I was. So that was the the origin of what I was thinking. Wow, you got that at the bouncy house? No, that was a bike crash. <laughs> okay, so oh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna write. I'm gonna take mine into. So Chris, it looks like or Chris. Wow. James, it looks like yours uh, is in the ER. Is that right? Okay, so my guy just my, Brian just yeah. got out of the got out of his room. So now I'm gonna uh, work my way over to running meet you in the ER. Okay, I'm gonna move mine to the end. You know, normally I set these things for about a month before I go back to them. All right. So, are you getting me out of the room, or should I get myself out? We're just gonna leave you there. I get you out. It was her idea to go to the Maybe bouncy house in the first it. place. So really, you know, I can definitely see that. <laughs> I just like to point out that I tried to take us in a literary direction and we ended up collectively in the hangover scenario. <laughs> I'm a genre writer, man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they knew what they were getting when they chose the four of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a blue collar philosopher. <laughs> yeah, I'll pop you out. 
At least my character was still wearing pants. Did a nice. section break here. <laughs> you know, I, you, I think this is a universal experience, but growing up, you know, you try to play pretend with the other kids. They're never doing it right. <laughs> right. They're <laughs> the worst ideas. I'm going to pull up ChatGPT <laughs> and see what we can pull together real quickly. <laughs> going to make it. This is going to be way over. Yeah. Oh, it just, it just bother me. It's just it's getting yeah, everything yeah. together. It just means we're that we make Jess double. read more. We're that's at seventeen hundred now. We have more screen line. Hey, that's fine. Yep, yep, yep. I better name my character. James. Hey, can I, uh, Joe? Can I? Uh, can I? Yeah, yeah. Something? This holy moly's driving me nuts. Thanks, man. There. Okay, we're good. Thanks, buddy. No, no worries, man. Copywriter would have nailed me on that one. And my mom said I was almost named Ralph, but I can't tell if she's joking. Well, if we would have gone with how our family, my family's named, I would have been Frederick Samuel off at the fifth. But we had so many wow. Sams in the family, I would have been called Fred. And my wife was like, or my mom was like, no way in hell. I had to clean my computer screen. I thought there was a period there, but it's really just my screen's dirty. Okay, now, Joe, should mine, since you're letting me out, should my piece be ahead of yours? Because I'm yelling, yeah. somebody help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, do you want to get that or do you want me to? Uh, go ahead. I didn't do that just to put mine first. I was trying for continuity. Uh, All right. I think I've got it. I think I've got my Mike. stuff in. Hey, Michael. Yes. I've just noticed you decided not to have a name that started with J on today's panel. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Changed. You know, I, Dude, I tried to go to the, the, the courthouse Michael. this morning to get the name legally changed and they were closed. It's no problem, Jekyll. We're just going to change it for now. All right. I'm almost done. ChatGPT <laughs> is finishing three pages on four fictional characters <laughs> extracting themselves from a barren it room. Did, it, did it beat us? It's, 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 it wrote it's it. It's done. It's podcast. <laughs> and now for something completely different. <laughs> we should create another document and post the ChatGPT story in. Oh, speaking cool. of, this is sitting we right should, next we to should, my We should make Jess well. read both of them. The one that the chat GTP did and ours and see which one's better. It looks like it's, I, I said three pages and it didn't finish <laughs> its story. It stopped in mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to copy this and uh, I think this is funny. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. All right, so we're not out of a Give writing a job yet. Huh? James has something that's ending like, I think we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. So we got in before the time. Woo! Wow. I was always a solid A minus student. You know, I just kind of shot for that. You know, my my university, they it was the same GPA for an A and A minus. 90%, 99%, same score. And I yeah. feel like I have students that are complaining because they've got a 91%. I'm like, that's the same as a well, right, so, so one question though, it how do we same? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know that they're getting submissions. Yeah, they have to be. <laughs> cool. Chat GPT right gave us like... a heavy metal door. <laughs> Write me a dystopian right. YA novel with a love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> And Cam Cat is getting like five of those in their box every morning. All right, so I'm just curious. So, Jay, uh, Joe, your unnamed character, and Jason, your Elizabeth, do do they meet up with everybody else? 
I'm trying to. Yeah. Okay. I stop it at okay. opening the door to Elizabeth out without meeting us together. And I ended up on Ralph Lewis. So do we grandmother to meet up with what I was all named? I guess to mention them in the uh, in James's piece here. Otherwise, I think what we did was we left it as every person gets out of their room, and then James wrote us a nice little ending here where he's talking to the doctor. You know, I think that does work. We're overachievers, man. Kind of like them apples. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of page overachievers. Eight hundred words. Time is up, but it looks like you guys were already ready for me. Hi. Yeah, how how was your burrito? It was delicious. I kind of thought that we were gonna get a clip or maybe even a reaction to you guys watching me eat my burrito, but that's okay. <laughs> it was delicious. How was it for you guys before we get into the uh, I have my iPad here before I read your beautiful story. Um, how, how was that experience for you guys? I've never written with anybody, another writer before, and it was absolutely painless. Oh, painless. Incredible. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how people do it. I'm reassessing my pedagogy. I have graduate students make write as a collective often, and I, <laughs> I think I'm going to reassess that moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, everything you guys are saying is just making me really excited to open this document. Um, Ahead of time, I had said that, you know, we were aiming for about three pages. I was watching Gabe's face the entire time because he had his headphones on. He's laughing and smiling and telling me I'm in for something. So I'm excited and nervous. And it looks like you guys got to, is that five pages you were able to write? Gabe, I know you can hear me. This is, look, Gabe, you don't do that. When you're, when you're calling the next guy on stage, you don't say, <laughs> our next comedian is one of the funniest people I've ever met. You don't want to raise expectations, Gabe. You want to lower expectations. I just call it realistic expectations. <laughs> yeah, setting realistic expectations for me. Wow. Well, I'm so excited to, to get reading this. Um, is there a name for this story, you guys, or do you want me to just jump on in? Oh, no, wait a minute. You didn't ask for a name. Oh, my God. We didn't name it. I didn't ask for a name. That's true. <laughs> how, how about the white empty room? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Sure. Okay. The white empty room. Light fought for Elizabeth's attention. The gray glow, a, nu- a nuisance at first. What the hell did I do last night? Ran through her head. Wait, you're reading it out loud now? Yeah, oh, I got a plane to go well. to in about five minutes. <laughs> in front of me? Jason, whenever you need to bounce, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay on time, on embarrassment. I don't know how I'm doing. I'm excited to That's fully embarrass come. you. <laughs> to look at the camera when this is Whatever you're comfortable with. I put my head down. Light fought for Elizabeth's attention. The gray glow, a nuisance at first. What the hell did I do last night? Ran through her head, although her mouth, dry as a vacuum cleaner bag, and the pounding behind her right ear gave her some hint. The party came from somewhere she couldn't locate. Did I even say that? There was a party at Danny's apartment. 
for what? Lots of champagne, lots of champagne and chartreuse boards. It was like, that was all anyone brought. That's what I brought, the redneck chartreuse board with an unpacked Lunchable, Twizzlers, and a bag of Funyuns. She thought it hilarious. <laughs> Who was the party for? Katie. Damn, it was for Katie. She's leaving for New York tomorrow. No, a bit of her subconscious spoke up. Today. The throb tapping around her noggin had already faded in the few minutes, seconds, hours, years since her mind clicked back on. She could, she could ignore that. It was the cottonmouth that would drive her mad. She pulled open her eyes slowly, the white light piercing like ice picks. JFC, she moaned, slamming her lids shut before forcing them wide. The white light was unavoidable. The cinder block walls were white as the wash Tom Sawyer convinced the neighborhood kids to paint for him. The light suspended from the ceiling LED, but there was no switch on the wall. Did the lights ever go off? A window of wire-reinforced glass sat in a metal frame in the wall, the light from the outside dull and lifeless. Her head turned on the white-tiled floor. I'm on the floor? Where the hell am I? Her hands dropped onto the tiles and she pushed herself up, the movement sending her head throbbing harder. Oh, crap, she whispered. The room was empty. No bed, no sink, no toilet, not even a chair. Am I in jail? What did I do? Elizabeth moved to her hands and knees, crawling toward the window, the struggle churning whatever was in her stomach. Her hands grasped the windowsill, and she lifted herself to her feet. The window looked over a courtyard, plain brick buildings forming a cage. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Elizabeth swung her, head, her back to the window. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. A door set nearly seamless in the wall had no knob. No! Lurching forward, her hand slapped against the door. Help, she screamed, her voice dry and raw. Somebody help me! When everything is turned off, the first sense to come back is the way you relate to the world. How you talk to people. If you say, do you see what I mean? It's sight that returns first. If you're more a do-you-feel-me person, it's touch. Hear what I'm saying? Your senses turn off due to lack of stimulus. They aren't needed, so they take a break. It had been so quiet I could hear a pin drop. And drop it did. Except it wasn't a pin, it was a needle. I'd been looking for a cure for a while. Days into weeks of that sickening paralysis. The worst fear for a person like me. Writer's block. That needle drop fixed everything, but it also created a new problem. I had nothing to write on and nothing to write with. Open, says me. The door popped. It had always been there, the blankness. Lights arranged to shine a certain way, like the opposite of the shadow. I went for it. The first thing I noticed was the change in temperature. The room had been room temperature, scientifically speaking. Beige on the skin without a hint of a breeze. The hallway was crisp. Medical, medical professionals move around a lot. It makes them hot all the time. Of course they were wearing layers. Of course they are wearing layers. Me? I had nothing on. Clothes would have ruined the experience. 
you feel them. I need a robe and a laptop and not in that order. The nurse was about two weeks out of college and already too old for this crap. He pointed to a smock on the hook next to the door. Holy moly, am I hungry. How long has it been? Are cars driving themselves yet? It's been like 20 minutes. He stopped to check my chart, Mr. Lewis. It's Ralph and I'm cured. Where is everyone else? I went for a double knot before addressing the screaming next door. I unlatched the door to release one of my partners in crime. This is so interesting. (laughs) So I'm going to save my comments till the end, but I have questions. (laughs) When Brian opened his eyes, his first thought was, what happened? His head was pounding like a jackhammer and his tongue felt as if he'd spent hours licking the sand off a beach. He tried to sit up, but the pain in his head overwhelmed him, forcing him to lay back down on the cold concrete floor. The overhead light glared down on him from above, a bright fluorescence that burned through his retinas. Why was everything so bright, he wondered. A few minutes later, he again tried to sit up, this time with some success. Through squinted eyes, he surveyed the room. It was all white, all white. White floor, white walls, white ceiling, just white. He rubbed the back of his neck and climbed awkwardly to his feet. Bits and pieces from the previous night slowly came back to him. Was he drinking the night before? Brian recalled running into a few old friends early in the evening. And from there, everything was a blur. Who was it that suggested doing shots? Was that Chris Black? Chris always has a, Chris, excuse me, Chris always was a hard liquor kind of guy. But what about Elizabeth? Oh, wasn't she the one that ordered the bottle of absinthe? I'm getting too old for this, Brian thought, rubbing his temples with his fingertips. And what did he have a vague memory of a, oh, excuse me. And why did he have a, and why did he have a vague memory of a bouncy house? He made another cursory examination of the room. His head was slowly clearing and some details that escaped him earlier were now visible. The bright lights in the ceiling surrounded a skylight through which a blazing sun blasted into the room. He crossed the room and touched one of the walls. It was covered in cushioned white vinyl. A padded cell? How did I end up in a padded cell? He followed the line of the wall until it came to a corner, then followed the next wall until it hurt reached another corner. Along the third wall, he found a door. It was cleverly set into the wall to make it appear as if it were just a part of the wall. Brian ran his hands along the edges, but felt no latch, hinge, or other indication of how to open the door. Brian stood back, folded his arms, and studied the rectangular indentation in the wall. He frowned. If he were in an asylum, the door could only be opened from the outside. So how to open it? Brian turned his back to on the excuse me. Brian turned his back on the door and leaned back, hoping to give himself a moment to consider his options. Suddenly, as his back touched the door, Brian felt the door move behind him. He fell backward, landing hard on the floor outside beyond the door. He stared back into the room in amazement. The damn door was unlocked the entire time, he thought. Brian wandered down the hall, passing empty room after empty room. The nurse's station was occupied by a woman wearing dark blue scrubs. She smiled as he approached. 
She must have noticed the look of confusion on Brian's face as she pointed all as she pointed along the hall and said, "Your friends are waiting for you down there." Brian continued along the hall until he reached a pair of doors marked emergency room. He pushed through and walked along the row of curtained beds. As he passed on, he heard a voice he recognized. Brian, the voice said. Brian pushed through the curtain and found Chris Black laying on a hospital bed. A doctor holding a clipboard stood beside Chris and was speaking. You boys should probably not be allowed back to the bouncy house unsupervised. The memories flooded back. The bar hopping, the drinks, the crashing of a second grader's birthday party. I am loving this. <laughs> Chris Black slumped in the corner, his head awkwardly supported by his shoulder. His left eye wouldn't open, but from what he could see with his right, it had been a hard night, and he wasn't wearing any pants. He struggled against considerable brain fog to grasp any detail of his current situation. Where was he? Some kind of barren white room? Where was Mac? No idea, and he couldn't remember who Mac was. What time of day? Again, no idea. Why can't he move his left arm? Finding few answers, Chris changed tacks. Let's try to stand up. Perhaps that will get the juices flowing. Standing up proved harder than he imagined, the cold concrete floor rough against his bare knees, his left arm providing no assistance. From a standing position, Chris felt better, but his situation became no more clear. From his corner, he realized the room in which he stood had no windows and no doors, not unlike D&D module he recalled getting stuck in back in middle school. He still couldn't move his left arm or shoulder. And had someone just grabbed his toe? There was obviously no one in the room with him, but someone in, was indeed grasping his right foot. Dr. Black? Uh, Dr. Black, it's okay. Do you know where you are? Uh, Chris, said a voice he recognized. Brian? Sitting up in his hospital bed, Chris looked around him. Three beds in the room were occupied by people he'd met the night before. They were all in various states of disrepair and all appeared to be struggling with the reality of their collective situation. A doctor stood by his bed to the right. You boys should probably not be allowed back to the bouncy house unsupervised, he sa she said. That was a second grader's birthday party, you know. What? He asked. You're in the recovery room at the community hospital. My understanding is that the four of you got a little carried away at the party as your kids ate their cake. No kids were hurt, and it looks like the four of you should be okay. We probably should have gotten tattoos. And now for something completely different. Oh, brought to you by ChatGPT. You guys did it. Don't read we, this aloud. You don't read this. No. <laughs> we we saw how fast ChatGPT could have written this story. It did it in thirty seconds because yeah. <laughs> we're deciding I how long our careers have left. In them. Okay. First, before my first impression is before I go over. into the ChatGPT one. Although I'm so glad you guys included that. Thank you. Um, is I assume you guys each took a section, decided here is the uh, overarching theme, and then you each wrote a, a little piece. I feel like no. Joe, no, we really no that's not a, it? We really didn't have an overarching theme. Not exactly. <laughs> you were able to connect them very well, though. I feel like the one who wrote entirely about Chris Black is probably Joe. 
I just get the sense. No? Okay. No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Who was oh, it? No. <laughs> oh, you did write about Chris Black. I wasn't sure. Was I, I thought there's no way James would bring Chris Black yes. back into the picture. But I love that it was I you. And then the first bit, I'm guessing, is Jason about Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. And then the part. Yeah. Jason, I Jason think the it horror writer, did. And it really leaks and through, then, doesn't it? Like, yeah. And this guy's got italics. Look at this. What a show off. <laughs> now I feel like I have to read chat, GPT. <laughs> I think, honestly, you I, know what? I, I think, think we this destroyed chat. episode just took on a new meeting, and now it was authors versus chat GPT. So I'm excited. <laughs> Yes. Man. <laughs> All right, here we go. Man this is the Chat GPT uh thing that it wrote in 30 no, seconds. No, I, Little we should clip. probably point we should probably point out that the Chat GTP took was a lot shorter. This this would have been a much shorter podcast if you just went that route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said it took 30 seconds, right. so yeah. Uh, I mean, this is an impressive amount that it was able yeah. to come up with, but I'm curious how solid it is, especially since you said it's very much not. So here we go. Let's jump into it. <laughs> First character. Come on. As the door slammed shut behind them, the four characters surveyed their surroundings with a mixture of confusion and fear. They were trapped in a small, dimly lit room with no windows, and the only visible exit was the heavy metal door that had just closed behind them. <laughs> the first character, a tall and muscular man with a shaved head and tattoos covering his arms, immediately began pounding on the door with his fists. Let us out of here, he shouted, his voice echoing off the walls of the small room. This is kidnapping. We'll call the police. The second character, a petite woman with curly hair and glasses, pulled out her phone and finally, <laughs> excuse me, pulled out her phone and began frantically dialing 911. But to her horror, there was no signal in the room. My phone isn't working, she said, her voice shaking. We have to find another way out of here. The third character, a middle-aged man with a receding hairline and a paunchy stomach, sank down onto the floor with a groan. This is all my fault, he muttered. I should never have gotten involved in this. The fourth character, a young woman with a with long brown hair and piercing blue eyes, was the only one who seemed to be keeping her cool. She walked over to the door and examined it carefully, running her fingers over through, running her fingers over the rough metal surface. There has to be a way to open this, she said, more to herself than the others. For several minutes, they tried every possible method of escape they could think of. They banged on the walls, reached for hidden switches or buttons, and even tried prying open the door with their bare hands but nothing worked. As the minutes turned into hours, the mood in the room began to sour. The tall man grew increasingly agitated, pacing back and forth and muttering curses under his breath. The petite woman began to cry softly, her tears leaving streaks on her glasses. The middle-aged man sat in a corner, rocking back and forth and moaning. Only the young woman seemed to be keeping her wits about her, pacing around the, woman, pacing around the room and examining every inch of the door. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, she made a breakthrough. I think I found something, she said, pointing to a small panel near the base of the door. There's a keyhole here, and it looks like it's connected to some kind of mechanism that opens the door. The others crowded around her, peering at the panel. But where's the key? 
asked the petite woman, wiping away her tears. That's the problem, replied the young woman. There's no key in sight. We'll have to find it ourselves. With renewed energy, they began searching the room again, this time with a sense of purpose. They lifted up the furniture, searched through every pocket and crevice, and even tore up the stuffing of the cushions in desperation, but still no key. As the hours wore on, their hope began to fade. They had tried every possible solution, and yet they were still trapped in the room with no food, water, or means of escape. But just as they were about to give up completely, the young woman had a sudden realization. Wait a minute, she said, her eyes lighting up. What if the key isn't in, the room, in this room at all? What do you mean? Asked the middle-aged man, looking up from his huddled position. I mean, what if the person who put us in here has the key? What if they're watching us right now, waiting for us to figure it out? The others looked at her skeptically, but the young woman was already running with her idea. She dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah. I now, like, agree with that. <laughs> our jobs I, I will, are safe. I will point out that chat GPT, GPT did not in any way come up with a bouncy house like we did. I agree. I think there was a personal touch to the bouncy house that you guys were able to add, which made it just way, way, way more special. (laughs) Plus, I I asked it to write three pages on four fictional characters (laughs) trying to extract themselves from a barren room, and it didn't finish its thought. I like how it even ended on she, dot, 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 like (laughs) beginning of a sentence. I've never had a story end yeah. <laughs> after the beginning of the sentence it, it didn't up. even give it a verb it was just like she uh whatever <laughs> well i would agree joe i think your jobs are very safe and yeah. i had a much better time reading your stories and i like that they yeah. all flowed into each other in the end too that was a nice unexpected twist um to see names that i had remembered seeing earlier reappear so did you guys feel, I mean, you guys separated your stories into, I, I really like how you did um, each person got a block. I kind of, ex- I don't know what I was expecting. I really like that you guys did that to avoid stepping on each other's toes and things. But I think I, I was thinking it was going to end up more like maybe each of you collaborated on the entire piece. But I feel like this, A, lent more to your styles and B, made it so that you guys could go back later and blend after you had kind of fleshed out already what you thought you were going to be writing about. So I thought that was so interesting. Did you feel like in going back and editing and hearing what everyone else had written about, um, there were a lot of things you had to cut out or things that you had added that ended up not being necessary? I think one of the big things was um, once we had gotten stuff written and we went back and started looking at what everybody wrote. It was pretty obvious that James's piece was going to be the the end. You know, mm. he he just he he wrote the perfect ending, wrote the whole you know the whole thing, and had that perfect yeah. ending that you know with the hey we we should have went out and got tattoos instead of you know yes. doing something else. Um, <laughs> so that was just the perfect that was the perfect ending. So it was just it was it was ideal to just we okay should, we're going to move should. that down here, move these other two up here. Um, you know, so then we just started moving things around in order to make them, uh, click together a little bit better. We should point out that the, so we, we discussed a couple different scenarios and then decided to spend 10 minutes going our own route entirely and pull it together. And we all kind of were moving in somewhat similar directions, but that last line was, I think Jason is the one who suggested it. And we concluded early on (laughs) that that had to be the last line, no matter what happens. Um, and so, yeah, Jason nailed that. 
I think next time we do this, we should do it more like ghost. Like <laughs> I can sit in Michael's lap and we can sort of just reach around. Uh, we can we can all. You know what? I'm for that. Together, we will pay you know. to have everyone fly into one area. <laughs> <laughs> and I will sit across the, uh, you know, like in, in a detective's room, you know, how they have the one one way glass or the one way mirror. And then yeah. I'm sitting in there kind of waiting for you guys to send me back in. But you guys are fully just ghosting each other. <laughs> okay, Jeff, we're, we're going to hold you in Camcat to that because you just said you're going to pay, pay for us to fly somewhere together. So. You know what? I might lose my job for it, but I think it'd be worth it. (laughs) That's actually what they mean when they say. (laughs) When they say ghostwriting, that's what they're talking. Yeah, ghosting might have a different (laughs) meaning in in modern uh, terminology, but that's what we really mean. When when writers are using it, they mean ghosting as in sitting behind each other and typing. I yeah. think I, I realized yeah, I just dated myself with that <laughs> reference. <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> what See, would you guys say was your me. favorite part of this experience? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the banter. Um, you know, it was, I think it was just, it was just the, the opportunity to just, you know, even though we were trying to be serious with our writing, serious in quotation marks, uh, I, I think it was just the, the banter and uh, going back and forth, uh, bouncing ideas and just trying to come up with the craziest thing we could possibly come up with. Agreed. I, uh, oh, go ahead, James. No, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, the writing, at least for me, the writing has been one of closed drawers by myself. And so the collaborative effort um, was a lot of fun. But I, I, as I said at the beginning of the conclusion here that I am going to reassess the number of times I make my grad students write collectively because it's um, that it's totally no picnic. Fair. I'm a I'm a big fan of writing around other writers. Um I do a lot of stuff, you know, in a different, you know, Discord or Clubhouse. Yes. Every November I participate in NaNoWriMo and I'm in coffee shops with eight other people with laptops. I there's something about the other people around you actively mm. writing that makes you write. I love the peer pressure <laughs> because you're like, they're doing it. I have to do it. And uh, I think I was a lot more productive in this session, being able to look <laughs> and see other people working and be like, I got to get on this. I'm... And when you oh look at gosh, the work yeah. on it, we, we all. Yeah, wrote it definitely looks like you guys. Pretty equal. I would have assumed you were on the same page. And we lost Jason for the last little bit of this call, but uh, I'm sure that oh. he would say something similar, that he really liked the the peer pressure, as you called it, of all kind of pushing each other to do your best. And yeah, I, I think just the camaraderie and and the uh, the the um, banter that you mentioned, I think uh, it, it was a very fun part of, again, I couldn't hear you guys, but watching you guys. Um, interact was very fun for me. He's not here, but Jason also went back and fixed my spelling errors. So it was probably a really interesting experience for you guys also to hear me read your unedited words back to you. Yeah, that was was pretty humiliating. Thank you. 
<laughs> oh, thank you. That was hard. You did a nice job. <laughs> yeah, unedited. Well, is I think it just excellent way no, to put I it. I all I already get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes that our editors do, but it definitely makes me appreciate Helga and Alana and our editing team. So, my last yeah. question for you guys before we start to wrap yeah. up is: uh, Would you write with this team ever again? <laughs> yeah, sure. Now that we've done no. it once, I think we could do it again. We could we could try it again. But if you do this again with a different group of authors, you have to let us write the prompt. <laughs> I'm very much for that idea. Well, that's great. So um, as before I let you guys go, where can our audience find you? So you can find me uh, on uh, at m mbradleyonline.com. It's got all my social media links there. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And... These are my two books from CamCat Books. I am Jay Crawford, and uh, you can find me at uh, jcrawford.net. And um, also, uh, I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, I'm everywhere as Joseph of Orb. I picked the name like 15 years ago, stupidly built my platform with it, and now I'm stuck with it. So... Uh, you can also just Google Jove Brand is Near Death, my debut novel. Um, again, it's a detective series, and the third one's going to come out later this year. Here's the beautiful arc. Ooh. It's in arc form. And uh, if you like humorous detective novels, look me up. Okay, and... Anybody can find me on uh, social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at the Jason Offit. And uh, I also have a, a website, uh, www.jasonoffit.com. And my books. So you had to build a time machine, a humorous sci-fi novel, and the girl in the corn, an award-winning. I've got to got to mention that an award-winning uh, horror novel. So uh, you can find those at the website uh, mindcamcat.com or uh, yeah, any place else. All right. Well, you can find me at jameslindholm.com, both actual scientific publications as well as fiction. Um, three books to date in the Chris Black series look like this. And we have a fourth on the way. Books five and six, assuming Chris survives. Book four are already scripted. And um, we'd appreciate your dropping by the site to check it out. Uh, well, thank you all so, so much for hopping on this call and doing this challenge. This was our first ever time doing a challenge like this. But I, I mean, I had so much fun watching you guys. Gabe was having so much fun listening. We are going to have to do more challenges like this on the podcast because it has been so great to have you guys on. Um, and to the listeners at home, you can find all of our CamCat books in audiobook, ebook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com, or wherever books are sold. Michael Bradley is the author of the thriller Dead Air and the mystery None Without Sin. Jason Offit is the author of Sci-Fi Adventure, So You Had to Build a Time Machine, and the horror novel, The Girl in the Corn, and its upcoming sequel, The Boy from Two Worlds, which will be released summer of 2024. James Lindholm is the author of the Chris Black Adventure series with Into a Canyon Deep, Blood Cold, Dead Men's Silence, and the upcoming Calypso Down, which will be released in spring of 2024. And J.A. Crawford is the author of the action-packed Ken Allen trilogy, Jove Brand is Near Death, Heroes Ever Die, 
and King Me, which is coming out November 2023. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel. And make sure you follow us on social media at CamCat Books. Thank you all so much for tuning in and unwrapping this special edition anniversary episode with us. My name is Jess, and I will see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped.